0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to a Turn of the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at play like a Jet One. And back after a week off in Minnesota, hanging out with the relatives of Prince, I assume, and maybe Kirby Puckett as well. He is the great beat reporter for NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, how is Minnesota, man?
2: It was great. Got to see my uh, my sister and brother in law and their kids, so it was nice. Uh... Trip actually had some nice weather up there, and then snow flurries on the last day. But uh, <laughs> so, if anyone's going up there for the Final Four, actually, I think the weather this week in, uh, in Minnesota is supposed to be nice. So, it was uh, it was a nice trip. But uh, did a little work. Well, I took a couple of days off while I was up there. Also did uh, some work uh, working remotely from the owners' meetings. And you went all over all that with Matt last week about what Adam GaSe said. So that sort of transitions us from free agency into the draft and sort of sets the tone for off-season workouts when the Jets are starting those up next Monday. So everything's going to get rolling here in the Adam Gase era very shortly.
1: It certainly will, and when it does, we all know that the spotlight is going to shine the brightest On the quarterback, Sam Darnold, he was at the Yankee game yesterday, had some things to say, and we'll talk a little bit about a non-controversy controversy controversy as well involving something Sam Darnold was drinking at the game, but first, let's talk about what he had to say about the Jets, the uniforms, and everything. There were some interesting little nuggets there, nothing earth-shattering, but still some interesting stuff nonetheless.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was the first time Sam Darnold got to talk about, uh, publicly, uh, about Levy on Bell and his arrival, so uh, one of the things Donald mentioned specifically a couple times was how uh, and correctly uh, as well in terms of checkdowns and um, you know that has uh, that has sort of bared itself out in reality so he you know obviously he studied some film he knows the strengths of Le'Veon, Le'Veon bell's game and um, and so that that was one thing Donald mentioned he also talked about the new uniforms he said they look awesome I mean. Okay, fine, whatever. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, what is he going to say there? If he thought they're terrible, he's not going to say that in public. But, um, but yeah, I, I believe him. Yeah, I mean, he, he likes them. He's an enthusiastic guy. And um, if they are what they were, the ones that were leaked, it, it seems like that's the case. I guess they're fine. I don't know. I don't really think the Jets needed u- new uniforms. But one of the funny things Darnold said, and unintentionally funny, was like, oh, well, if the fans think they look sharp, we'll look sharp. It's like, oh, but what if they don't? <laughs> and then it's like it—it it doesn't matter. You know, they all obviously it matter doesn't matter. I mean, it's like just something that for people to get worked up about in the off season. Obviously, it has no bearing on how the team plays. So, but yeah, yeah. He, so he was out there taking in the Yankee game and enjoying himself. It looked like he had a nice day out there. The Yankees got got rolled by the Tigers, who were dreadful. But uh, but yeah, it looked like he got a, had a cool opportunity to meet Aaron Boone before the game and got his own uh, his own Yankee jersey, so nice day. It would be nice if we all could get that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, although it looks like he took in a little bit of extra fun that some people had a little bit of a problem with, and when I say some people, I mean one guy who's a blogger caught a picture of Sam Darnold drinking a mixed drink at the game and said he thought it was questionable behavior, which to me is kind of hilarious because this is April. We're nowhere near training camp, And he's sitting there drinking a drink at a Baseball game he's over 21 Not really sure what the controversy is supposed to be I don't want to make it sound like it Actually became a controversy because pretty Much everybody piled on this guy And told him to go pound sand But it was interesting that this became Something that hit social media at all It's funny because if you Go back into the old days and I Don't even mean really old I mean even The early 2000s If Chad Pennington was sitting there drinking a Drink at one of these games nobody would have ever known about it but it just shows you how different society is now in 2019
2: yeah I don't, I don't even know who it was it was just some guy on twitter i don't know if he has a blog or whatever but yeah i don't think he was saying it was a bad it was weird because like the tweet was like how do you feel about this he's drinking during the middle of the day i wouldn't like it if you just if it was i wouldn't like it if he was doing this on the off day during the season what do you think and so it was like okay kind of innocuous but like kind of like dumb you know well like obviously he's not going to be drinking on an off day during the middle of the day during the season but like this is completely different from that it's like a totally different situation oh man so um obviously yeah so people have you know defended sam Darnold because they'll defend him about anything even the things you know even the things you know that um when the, the jury's still out on this guy, I think a lot of people are, are ready to go all in on him. And I think, so people are, are almost way the other way in terms of being in this guy's camp, which you can understand for fans. But, um, but in this case, obviously, yeah. I mean, he's having a mixed drink at a game. Who cares? In the middle of the season, it would be one thing if he was, if someone saw him at a bar in the middle of the, in the middle of the day or at all, like completely slumped over or doing something offensive drunk or like committing a crime, but like, the guy is having one drink in the middle of the day at a ball game. Come on! The most offensive thing was that he was drinking a mixed drink instead of a beer, uh, which is uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, you go to a ball game, you got to drink a beer, right? So, um, but on the other hand, maybe with a vodka soda, he's trying to watch his figure more than us fat slobs to go out there and <laughs> sling down the uh, thirteen dollar Budweiser tall can. So. There you have it. It's the off season, so that's what comes up.
0: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill.
1: Beer, soda, or water at a ball game, mixed drinks is for the opera. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I look at it anyway, but I will say maybe he was trying to ease into what we're going to see tonight. For the uniform unveiling He talked about how the uniforms are going to be sharp And the fans are going to love them Maybe he's not quite as sure And he's putting on a brave front And the alcohol is helping him But we did have some leaks About what the jerseys are going to look like There are photos People swear that it's the real deal And not something from Photoshop So let's talk about this a little bit Sam Darnold, Jamal Adams, and a bunch of other people, including Christopher Johnson, have sworn up and down that the Jets fans are going to love these jerseys. The early reaction seems to be positive to what was leaked. So if that is what the jerseys actually are, then I guess it's a good thing. What are you hearing as far as whether or not this leak is actually legit?
2: I mean, it sounds like it is. Um, Look, I... the Jets did not need to change their uniform. I I mean, obviously they're doing it and they're selling jerseys and they want to change their image and all that good stuff. And of course the players and the Christopher Johnson is going to say, the jerseys are going to be awesome. Like, what do you, you know, what do you expect them to say? Um, but I I don't think they need, I don't think they needed to change. And I don't think these are an upgrade. I don't think they're the worst thing ever, but like, I don't think these are an upgrade. If these are the jerseys, they're not an upgrade. Like they're probably a slight downgrade. Um, Maybe I'm just a traditionalist, and I don't like change, and I just like also very simple, clean uniforms. Um, and I heard people say the black uniforms are great. Like, I don't get it. It's just black pants and a black jersey. It's nothing creative about it. It has a green stripe on the side. Like, the team's colors are green and white. Again, I get why they do black uniforms, because you want to sell more jerseys. It's all a money thing. But, I mean, objectively, if you look at it, it's, you know, it didn't take a lot of creativity to make a black uniform with like a small stripe on the side. But in terms of the other ones, I guess, whatever, I don't really care that much about it, but uh, I I think that they look pretty modern and kind of futuristic to a degree, but, but for a team like the jets, that's, they're not the Jaguars. They're not the box. They're not the Miami Marlins. Those are teams that like are newer teams that have to like, kind of convince their fans to be interested and freshen up all the time. And, have these kind of, like, modern uniforms. Like, I think a team like the Jets, the Giants, these long-time teams should have more traditional uniforms. Like, I just, you know, I just think it should have a classic look that kind of shows, you know, how long-held you are as a, as a you know, how long time you've been, whatever. Like, longevity is what I'm trying to say. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they need u- u- new uniforms. I don't think these new ones, if these are the runs, are the worst thing in the world. I don't think they're an upgrade. I think they are probably too cute and too modern looking for a team that should have more of a classic look. Um, but in the end, I also don't really care after tonight. I won't probably spend one second thinking about the, <laughs> the uniforms. And um, I mean, the biggest thing out of tonight is players are talking and I, I quite frankly, really don't care what they say about the uniforms. Cause you could just take a version of what Sam Darnold said yesterday and just put it out there. That's what they're going to say. They're going to say they're awesome. But like I, I would care more about, and I think fans would care more about what these guys have to say about football. So, you know, this is our first chance to get talk to Jamal Adams since the big signings, and um, also, you know, Sam Donald talked yesterday at the Yankee game. But you know, presuming he talks, um, it's an opportunity to talk to these guys um, about football, which is what matters. So that's my take on it. I mean, you're more of the you you'd be one to buy the jersey. Obviously, I wouldn't. You know, it's not something I would do. So, I mean, I think. Your opinion matters a thousand times more than mine does, and the the fans' opinion matters a lot more because that's who they're marketing to.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: That's Daryl's way of saying, listen, you're just a loser fan who buys jerseys. (laughs) I'm a professional here. I can't be stooping to that level.
2: (laughs) So are you going to buy the jersey or no?
1: Probably not. I don't really buy jerseys, to be honest. And the main reason is because I know it's superstitious and stupid but I have this thing about jerseys that if I buy one I want to make sure that the number doesn't go to some other player so the only Jets jersey I actually own is Curtis Martin because I hate buying a jersey and then in my mind it either jinxes a guy and he doesn't live up to expectations or he moves on somewhere else and that number goes to somebody else and then you're at a game five years later and somebody says how come you have that jersey with that guy's name on it when so and so has it and that's happened a bunch to people I know. I'm not a big jersey wearer anyway, but that's part of why. As far as the jersey and the logo, I've been fairly vocal about how I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really care more about the on-field product, but I will say that I'm very interested to see how this plays out because this means so much to so many people, especially my friend Paulie Brzez, who was on the show a couple of days ago, and we did a jersey and logo preview podcast, which everybody seemed to really enjoy. We're going to do a reaction podcast right after the announcement happens. And Paulie just texted me to say that he has some inside info on the jerseys. He will not be sharing it on social media. He will not be sharing it anywhere but the podcast. So make sure that you're listening for Paulie's inside info. And I will say, Paulie told me that he's been waiting for this for over 20 years. So I can't even imagine how excited he is as we get closer and closer to this. But I'm with you, Daryl. Like I said before, it's not a big deal to me. But I recognize and understand how many people are really excited about this and really into it. And so I want to make sure that I cover it with dignity because it's something that realistically is important to a lot of the fan base. And just because I'm not necessarily into something doesn't mean that it's not something worth talking about and that it's not important. So I would say that it actually is one of the more important parts of the offseason season. Other than the obvious, the free agency period and the draft, this is certainly an interesting story for this particular time because we have some stuff to fill the gap between free agency and the draft. And with that, let's circle back to free agency a little bit, Daryl. You did a piece at NJ.com about the best remaining free agents. There are a few names on there that struck me as possibilities for the Jets. Somebody like Ziggy Ansah, maybe you bring in here on a one-year prove-it deal. I know Stefan Wisniewski's been in here for a visit. Talk to me a little bit about this list you put together and how you think it might relate to the Jets.
2: One more thing on the uniforms. obviously, like I said, I don't really care about it, but we're still going to have four things going up on the website afterwards. So <laughs> there'll be a ton of stuff, as there always is on the site. So fear not; there'll be plenty of coverage, even though um, <clears throat> my personal interest level isn't as partic- isn't as high as it would be in an actual game type thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, there's a lot of you know there's some notable free agents out there still. Eric is one, obviously the Jets aren't signing him, and Dominic Sue. I don't see it happening with Newski's Probably the most. Uh, notable name to watch on that list because um, of the Jets' need. Um, so that would be the that would be the one to watch there. But it's dwindling, obviously. That list. It's just sort of a rundown of the guys who have signed and the guys who are left. So um, yeah, I think the Wisniewski, probably the most notable guy. Ziggy Ansa maybe. Uh, maybe they take a flyer on him for a cheap contract. But the one thing to um, remember for for guys like um, Sue, for instance, last year he was cut by the Dolphins and got signed up pretty quickly. Um, when, when that happens, it, he doesn't factor into the compensatory pick formula. When a guy's contract expires and he just, like, a team lets him walk, he factors into the compensatory pick formula. So, basically, a team that signs him, say Sue gets signed to a big, big contract now, right? The team that signs him gets dinged from a compensatory pick perspective. Whereas last year, because he was cut... Uh, the team that signed him did not get dinged from a compensatory pick perspective, nor did the Dolphins get get credit for him signing elsewhere. In In this case, the Rams will get a, you know, a credit compensatory pick-wise for him leaving in free agency, if that makes sense. So um, that sort of kind of explains why you see some of these guys. And I think the deadline is May 1st for that, why you see some of these veterans still out there. Obviously, there's other reasons why they're still out there, but that's one of them.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Daryl, I mentioned free agency isn't completely over yet, and we just touched on the guys that are still available. But the draft is just around the corner, so this jersey thing comes in between free agency and the draft. And as we get close to the draft, we're going to see more and more players coming in for visits. There's a list that you put together of players that were coming in for visits. Talk a little bit about that and also the significance or insignificance of some of the players that aren't on the list, but the Jets might still be interested in.
2: Well, I mean, teams are allowed to have... um... uh, 30 pre-draft visits, and that does not count local players. So, like, Josh Allen will visit the Jets. Rashawn Gary will visit the Jets. They don't count toward the 30 because they're from the area. Um, But Nick Bosa is going to come in. uh, Quinn and Williams will come in. They count toward the 30. Those are obvious guys. I mean, it makes sense. You saw the Jets do this last year when they had a lot of quarterbacks come through. You get the 30 visits. You might as well use them. Um, But, you know, you don't just use it on all... um, Top end guys and it, so there's a rundown there compiled from various reports and stuff of the guys who have visited the Jets. And you can go check it out, but there's some Merrick McCoy's an interesting one, the center from Texas A and M with the Jets draft a center. Ed Oliver, a defensive tackle from yeah, obviously the defensive tackle from Houston. Interesting cornerback prospect, the kid from Penn State. Um it's Amani Aru Aruare. I that's really a, a butchering pronunciation of the kid's name. Um but you know, people know who I'm talking about if they follow the draft and can go on there and read information about him. So uh, yeah, like I said, those those are some of the guys, and there's the whole list there. And um, you might as well use up your draft visits. Um, obviously, you're not going to draft everybody who comes in for a visit, but that sort of narrows the focus on uh, positions at which or players uh, the Jets could be interested in.
1: And some of those guys could be under the radar prospects, which is along the lines of a series. Hmm. Uh, that you and Matt Stiflkowski did over at NJ.com where you broke down different positions and some guys the Jets could look at that people aren't talking about as much. What did you find when you took a look at some of these positions?
2: You know, we took eight positions and um, the Jets could addra- ad- address at some point in the draft. They're obviously not going to address them all in the first round. But, you know, edge rusher, for instance, you know, edge rushers edge rusher to watch for the Jets are all the notable guys. You know, Josh Allen, Nick Bosa. Montez Sweat. All those type of guys are the guys you want to be keeping an eye on. But for a position like cornerback or inside linebacker, you know the Jets are not going to be in the mix for like greedy Williams at cornerback or Devin White at inside linebacker. They'll be looking to, you know, address those positions in the middle of the draft. And so, for instance, like today, I had a little something. On uh, the inside linebacker position, and uh, yeah, the, yes, the Jets just signed CJ Mosley. Yes, they have Darren Lee, maybe not for much longer, and yes, they have Avery Williamson, also maybe not for much longer because they can get out of his contract after this year. So, you know, you need, you might need some players going forward at inside linebacker. Maybe you use a middle round pick on a guy, and you know, there's some guys that look at. Uh, Terrell Hanks is one from New Mexico State, and Trey Lamar from Clemson, and Jermaine Pratt from NC State. Um, so there are some some maybe inside linebackers you haven't heard of at least maybe you haven't heard of as much as you've heard of some of the edge rushers that the Jets could keep an eye on there um and are uh, probably looking at and cornerback you're I, I mentioned uh, Amani Aru- Aruare god it's terrible I feel so bad <laughs> I looked it up the pronunciation and I had it down but uh, the kid from Penn State would be one um and then uh you know Julian Love from Notre Dame. Um, you know we'll see how far these guys fall, and a lot, a lot depends on whether the Jets can get back into the second round, whether they're in the mix for some of these guys. So there's an asterisk with it there too. So um, we did a little run, you know rundown between the two of us over the last week of the eight positions the Jets could really address. I mean you're talking about um, we you know tight end could they draft a the tight end? Sure, maybe in the late rounds. Tight end, inside linebacker, edge rusher, defensive tackle, uh, running back, uh, cornerback. Um, I think there was a couple others so uh, check it out on there if, if you want to uh, dive in and we'll probably rerun some of this stuff as we get closer to the draft as well
0: this is the Overtime Podcast Network
2: Let's
1: talk a little bit about the AAF, Daryl. It's a little less exciting than the first wave of free agency. It's a little less exciting than the draft. And it's even quite a bit less exciting than the new uniform talk because you're talking about a secondary league. I remember asking you about this when the league first started up and people were talking it up. And you said something along the lines of football is over for me now (laughs) until (laughs) free agency starts. I'm not watching the AAF. I've got other things to do. I've got an actual life to lead. And that was kind of the way that I felt about it, too. I didn't watch any of the AAF because I felt like, why am I going to waste my Saturday or my Sunday watching Christian Hackenberg attempt to play quarterback in an inferior league with players that couldn't make it in the NFL? It's not like college football where you're talking about watching the stars of tomorrow. This felt more like watching the guys who were either washed up or never was. And I think that that is what what the general public started to feel because the ratings were good the first week and then they started to crater. Then we were hearing stories about financial difficulties and now it looks like the AAF is pretty much on life support, right?
2: Yeah, they're done. I mean, they're basically done, not officially, but uh, yeah, the funding has been pulled and, um, these guys are going to have to try to find uh, football homes elsewhere. And you feel bad for the players who were kind of depending on, um, yeah, you know, this thing maybe being a little bit of a longer-term venture than it turned out to be, but uh, that's we've seen this movie how many times over the last post ever since the USFL went away. How many times have we seen this? You know, where a league pops up and goes away. It's just like um, there's just not an appetite for it. it. You know, a lot of it too is the funding here. I, maybe if the funding w- had been more consistent, that they could have gotten over the hurdle and and managed to have a respectable interest level. Because I don't necessarily think um you know the interest did drop but uh, i think that maybe if they kept at it they could have had some kind of carved out some kind of fan base but i just between college football and the nfl and other things that people have going on in their lives you know they don't have time for another football league but if you look at some of the guys uh now trying to make their way out of the AAF into maybe um well yeah the xfl would be a likely destination for a lot of these guys but um you maybe you see a couple guys landing on training camp rosters throughout uh Throughout the throughout the uh, spring and summer off season, ninety man rosters and trying to trying to make a team, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think the Jets are going to get add anyone like incredibly notable name guys out of that, but I guess you never know.
1: Like you said, I think there could have been guys that if they played well enough, maybe a handful of them could have gotten back into the NFL and had another shot, maybe as a reserve or rotational player. But the big problem here is that there was nobody to base this league around as a must-watch player. And that's one thing the USFL actually did have. The league was very top heavy If you go back and read Jeff Perlman's book About the USFL and you can Listen to him talk about it on the Podcast that's in the archives He talked all about how you would have teams That had Steve Young or Jim Kelly at quarterback but then there were other teams that had Glenn Carano so you had Stars but you didn't have a whole lot of Depth and you had guys that ended up Becoming major names in the NFL and guys That came out of college that everybody was Looking to see Herschel Walker being a Perfect example of this but that took It took a lot of money and it took some time to build up and even then they basically were in a position where it was going to be impossible to succeed without insane amounts of money and some great exposure to continue carrying them through. They eventually tried to go head-to-head with the NFL, and that obviously didn't work out. But if you look at a league at the AAF, again, some people were saying, oh, well, this could have been a good opportunity for a feeder system, but we know what the feeder system is already. It's the NCAA, and that's just the way it is. The only way that I think a league is going to make any headway here is they're going to have to be able to find ways to get players that could have been headed for the NFL But didn't so that people will want to tune in To watch these guys like for instance It doesn't even have to necessarily be Somebody like Nick Bosa Or someone like that but even Guys that could be second third round picks for Instance like a Ja'Kai Polite or Somebody like that where you're like oh that Guy I'd be curious to see him play And then maybe he's a guy that could be a Potential starter in the NFL someday If he does well in that league that's The only way I think you're going to get eyeballs but This was doomed from the start for the exact Reason that we just talked about and Again, we've seen this movie before a million times, including the USFL. So I'm not at all surprised, Daryl, that this thing went belly up. And I think the same thing's going to happen to the XFL.
2: Yep. You know, Vince McMahon's going to throw a ton of money into this. And um, he's committed to it financially. I just don't see a path, like you said, for it being successful. I mean, you, you kind of laid it out the, poss- the possible way that a league like this could be successful and what the USFL did right to be successful for a short period of time. I good context there. Um, but uh, you know, barring those things, it's, it's a it's it's an uphill climb for sure.
1: I think the only thing they might be able to do, and with football, it's so much harder to do this than other sports. LeVar Ball talked about this with basketball, and for as loony as he can be, sometimes I think he was on to something. He was saying the idea of. Telling these guys that instead of going To college and playing for free or at least In theory for free I'm not going to talk about Whatever kickbacks these guys actually Get under the table but in theory Playing for free like say Zion Williamson instead of doing that You go to such and such league And you get paid two or three hundred grand To develop there for a year before The NBA will take you that might be Some formula that you could build on I don't know how realistic that is with Football just because of the fact that Could a 17 or 18 year old kid be able to play professional football i'm sure there are going to be some examples of guys that could do it i would imagine that 16 or 17 year old lebron james would be an example of somebody who is physically ready to play a game like that but very few guys are going to be able to play with grown men so it could be a real tough thing but i think if the xfl wants to try anything it might be something like that like for instance saying just as the USFL did, you don't have to play four years. You can come out after your junior season, and they, that's how they picked off some of those guys. They might want to try and say, "Hey, after your sophomore season, you can come in, and we'll pay you two or three hundred grand or whatever it is." That might be the only way. But other than that, I really can't see how you can make a rival football league work.
2: Yep, I agree. I think you hit a spot on, no doubt. I mean that, that, and I'm not surprised either that this thing went belly up.
1: Yeah, we'll see if another league after the XFL tries this because it just seems like the same people are doing the same thing over and over and over again. And in Vince McMahon's case literally doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. I just don't see how that works, but I will say this. If nothing else, it gave us something interesting to talk about on this podcast, and it gave us a little bit of football if we were that curious when there was no other football. So it didn't hurt anybody, and if you were somebody that wanted to watch Zach Mettenberger throw passes or Dylan Donahue try to get back on the comeback trail, it provided that venue for you. And maybe a couple of the guys that did okay in the AAF will get invited to camp and get another opportunity in the NFL so if nothing else maybe that comes of it but that is not what NFL fans are focused on right now they are focused on the NFL draft and we are going to have a ton of coverage of it here on the podcast I'm sure Daryl and Matt will have tons of coverage on it over at NJ.com, and I'm going to turn over to Daryl in a second to talk about that. Also, a ton of jersey coverage because this thing has taken off like a rocket. Like I said, Paulie is going to be on the podcast, and we're going to talk about his reaction. We'll answer questions. We'll get into all the inside info he has. I know Matt and Daryl are going to have plenty to say about that on NJ.com. So, Daryl, for anybody that doesn't know what you guys have coming down the pike involving the draft, involving jerseys, involving anything else, why don't you go ahead and let them know?
2: Yeah, um, so we have all the draft preview stuff up there. Preview the eight positions, as I mentioned, and a list of guys visiting the Jets. And then looks like just now as we've been talking, Quinn and Williams is going to visit the Jets. No surprise. Nick Bosa, no surprise. Josh Allen, uh, no surprise. Even though he doesn't count against the top thirty, these are not surprising things. Um, but we'll have all the you know lead up draft coverage and um, of the visits and all that uh, all that stuff and positions to watch and players to watch, as you'd imagine. And uh, in terms of the uniform stuff, yep, we'll have. I think we have four things ready to go right after, um, right after it goes up. The uniforms that come out tonight. So within fifteen minutes or so after the seven thirty unveiling, we'll have probably you know four four things up there on the site, including a poll. You can vote on whether you like the uniforms or whatever. I came up with some kind of snarky, clever descriptions on my scale of one to five. So what what, what would you go with? One being the worst in terms of how Terms of hating them, five being the best in terms of loving them. You get the first vote.
1: I'm going to say a four. It looked pretty sharp to me, but don't go by me. I'm not a jersey expert. I'm not the one that the franchise has to try to impress. And I'll tell you one thing, Daryl. We're going to find out what everybody thinks of this. And believe me, if they don't like it, you will hear all about it. And if they do, you'll hear that too, because everybody's fired up for these new uniforms, which will be unveiled later tonight daryl thanks for coming on looking forward to talking to you again next week i'm glad that your trip to minnesota went well in the meantime go ahead and check out matt and daryl's work over at nj.com and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com